City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. I'm so excited about this opportunity that we have this weekend to start our new series. So we finished support systems and it was a great series and we ended on friends. And I told you last week that this week we wanted to talk about faith. And I want to talk about faith in a way that uh, encourages you, but also gives you an understanding of what your faith is really meant to do for your life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. The entire message is going to be out of Hebrews. And we're, we're talking about this first message in the Faith Move series. And if you have uh, your pens, papers, computers, laptops, iPads, whatever, here's what I want you to write down. By faith, we believe. That is the title of this message, the first one in this series, By Faith, We Believe. I want to read you six verses out of the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, and then we're just going to dive right in. Before uh, uh, I go any further, I want to give the context for all my nerds. We we, we nerds stick together, we nerds take notes, and I want you to have the format that we want you to put this in. So there's three uh, questions that are going to be asked, and then my points are the three answers. And so be prepared for that. But if you have your Bibles open or your apps open, let me read you the first six verses. Here it is, Hebrews chapter number 11, starting at the first verse. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be Seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared. That's just, can we just stop right there? Anytime you have a relationship with God that's so close that you don't die, you just disappear, you have a great relationship with God, okay? You're just walking with him one day, and then he just takes you to be with him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Last verse, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So again, the first message in this series is by faith we believe. Before we go any further, bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us with our faith. Amen. I pray quick as you know. So, so I want to answer this first question, and the first question is, what is biblical faith? I think we need to answer that question because we live in a day and age now where uh, there's so many people that apply faith to so many different things. 
a lot of people are, are known as people of faith, but if you really want to get down to what biblical faith is, I want to give you the answer. So if you're taking notes, point one, please write this down. Let me tell you what biblical faith is. Acting on what God has revealed about his will and character. If you want to know the answer to what biblical faith is, it is acting on the will and the character of God. Here's what faith is not. It's not any form of religion. It is not a strong belief that something good is going to happen to you. A lot of people just think if they just believe hard enough that I'm going to have a great day, that I'll just have a great day, and you pop a little vein in your head, it's going to be a good day because I, I hope it's so. I have faith. And it's not a, a blind leap against known facts. There's so many people that have misapplied faith, uh, uh, like the people uh, that played the Powerball last week had misapplied faith. They just, there was one guy who's a celebrity, he bought $2,000 worth of Powerball tickets. That's not faith. There was like a one in 620 million chance that you were gonna win. You're not playing by faith, that's just luck. I hope I win. We wanna know what real, true biblical faith is. And here's what it is. It's acting on what God has revealed about his will and his character. Here's what it says in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. We just read it. Faith is the confidence that we will that we that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Are we acting on God's will and his character for our lives? Is that what we're really believing when we say that we have faith in God, that it is because of what he's revealed through his will and his character that we're saying, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus because of what has been talked about and what has been true about his life, his character, his will and his way. This is what true biblical faith really is. And when we don't have that context, we can't really move in the things that God has called us to move in if we don't really understand it's what he's already revealed and what his character really is. If it's not based on those things, then what you are believing for is never going to come to pass. And a lot of people wind up in a, a, a real uh, frustrated place in their relationship with God because they're not basing what they believe on what he has revealed about his will and his character. I want people to have a relationship with God based on what he's revealing to them, not with what, not, uh, with what they expect for themselves. There's so many people that have an expectation of how their life should go. God has not revealed it. He, he hasn't even under, you don't even understand the fulfillment of that in his character. And you're like, God, here's my expectation that if I don't have a big house by the time I'm 30, if I'm not married and have three kids by the time I'm 35, then my relationship with you must be in trouble because I wrote this down in my journal when I was 17 and it still hasn't come to pass. And God's like, I didn't even say, I didn't say that. Is what you're believing based off the will and the character of God or off an expectation that you've applied to him and now you're frustrated that it hasn't come to pass? Now, listen, I'm not saying this by theory. This happened in my own life, okay? Uh, 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 my mother worked for the LAPD for 30 years, 
And from the time I was four years old, I wanted to be in law enforcement. As I grew older, uh, it became clear that based on the way my brain was forming, um, homicide detection was going to be a great career field for me. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California, which meant that I was going to have job security if I went into that particular field, okay? Homicide detection in L.A., there's going to be a homicide. I have job security. Well, well here's the thing that happened. Um, I gave my life to Jesus January 14th of 1996, and five weeks later, I preached my first sermon. Here it is now, 22 years later, and I'm still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not exactly how I planned my life. I remember having conversations with God when the doors closed for me to get into the Los Angeles Police Department and going, God, what are you doing? I wanted to be like a sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled police officer. I was going to win so many people to Jesus Christ because after I arrest them and put them in the back of the cop car, I have a captive audience. I can preach the gospel. I won't let them out of the car and put them in jail until they believe in you. <laughs> this is going to be like the greatest ministry ever. And God's like, no, I want you to preach. And I'm like, I don't like preachers. I, I don't like the people that stand up there and try to tell people what to do. I don't want to be that guy. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm calling you to preach. So you won't be that guy. Okay. Based off what he revealed about his will in my life and for my life, I changed and believed by faith that this is what he wanted for my life. Now, let me tell you, I had to operate in faith because I don't have a biblical education. I have half a semester of Bible college. I just want that to sink in. The people that are here right now are super scared. Like, why is he even preaching to me if he only have half a semester of Bible college? But I had to believe it by faith. And let me tell you what believing by faith has allowed me to do. Over 22 years, I've literally been able to preach the gospel in Bible colleges and universities nationally and internationally, which is hilarious to me. That I get to walk into... Uh, uh, a fully accredited Bible university and teach a course on preaching that they get credit for towards a degree that I don't even have. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. But when I believed it by faith, according to what he revealed, it became something that I could see happen in my life. Here's the second question that we need to answer. Please write this down. Why should we live by faith? I mean, we hear people say you got to have faith, but why should we live by faith? Please write this down. Here's the answer. Because we have things to see. We literally have things to see. Here's what it says in Romans. I'm sorry, not Romans. Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, verse number three. It says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. We'll say that last part again. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen, which means if that if we do not use our faith, we will never see the unthing. The unseen things become seen things unless we believe it first. See, see, here's the unbeliever's stance. The unbeliever's stance and perspective is 
I will not believe it until I see it. Right? Here's the believer's sense. I won't see it until I believe it. The unbeliever and the skeptic, I won't believe it until I see it. They're all from Missouri. There's a show me state. If I don't see it, I'm not going to get it. Here is the believer's stance. If I don't see it, I can't believe it. Oh, no, that's the unbeliever's stance. But the believer's stance is if I don't believe it, I can't see it. Which one are you? Where are you? In your walk, are, are we still in our faith walk in a place that we're saying there's there's God, if you don't show me something, I can't move. Well, you can't find that from Genesis to Revelation. God is never going to talk to you about what he's going to do until you believe it first. He told Abraham, hey, I want you to go to a place that I'll show you later. Some of us won't even go on dates with our friends if you don't tell us what restaurant we're going to. Like, hey, man, I want to pick you up at seven and we're going to go somewhere. Where? We're going to go eat. Where, though? Downtown. Downtown where? Better not be Deep Ellum. There's too much traffic down there. The roads go one way and I get confused. Well, well, I just want to take you to a nice meal. But, but where? What kind of nice meal? How should I dress? Just casual. If it's casual, that probably means it's not that fancy. Shut up and get in the car. That's how God is with some of us when he's telling us to do something. Will you just shut up and take the walk with me? Stop asking all these questions. Shut up and just take the walk with me. Here's why we should live by faith. We have stuff that we need to see. I have stuff that God's spoken to me that I haven't seen yet, and I want to see it. And the only way I'm going to see it is to believe it by faith first and start walking in that direction. That's how Embassy City Church was birthed, because I was in uh, Sydney, Australia in January of 2013, having the worst nachos I have ever had in my entire life. I make that disclaimer so you know, I wasn't in this like great moment of, of, of worship in the presence of God reading my Bible and like all of a sudden an angel visited me and whispered in my ear, Embassy City Church. That is not the way it happened. I was 8,000 miles away from home. I looked at something on the hotel menu that reminded me of home, nachos. California boy, now in Texas, lot of Hispanic influence. And so I'm going, oh, yes, I want some nachos. I should have checked in the kitchen first. That's my mistake. I should have went down to the kitchen and said, is there somebody here that's close to the border or was born on the other side of the border that can make these nachos? Or is it just an, is it just an Australian who's inspired right now? It was an Australian who was inspired, and they brought up the nachos, and they were terrible. And on my like ninth nacho, because I was hungry, so I was eating it, and every bite, I was like, terrible, terrible. I don't know if I thought they were going to get better. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I'm on my ninth nacho, and, 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 and here's what the Holy Spirit says. Out of nowhere, it's like unsolicited, unprovoked, bad nacho day, and here's what the Holy Spirit says. The name of your church is Embassy City. And it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, Embassy? Embassy? I said, I don't. I don't even know if I like that name. That was my response to the Holy Spirit. He's my friend, so I talked to him like that. I said, I don't even know if I like that name. And here was his response back to me. Uh, Tim, Embassy City is not the name 
of your church. It's the name of mine. I said, oh, that's, oh, this is the best name I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's golden. I like the name. I don't know why you didn't like it, but I love it. That was January of 2013. We started the church September of 2015. I just had to start speaking what I heard by faith. I didn't know where the church was going to be at the time. I didn't know how we were going to start. I didn't know who would come with us. I didn't know if anybody would stay with us. But here it is three years later. We're literally walking in something that I received in Australia while eating nachos. We're supposed to live like this. We're supposed to live hearing these whispers from the Lord and just believing it, even if our conditions around us uh, tell us that there's no way you're going to receive this. You, you're you're going to do something mighty for the Lord. And you're like, no, I'm not. Not at 76. I got great grandkids. There's no, no not, nothing mighty is coming out of me. And God's like, you're not dead yet. Something mighty is going to come out of you. This is something that we have to believe by faith. And when we live like this, we start to see the stuff that we hear. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is good. Okay, okay, okay. See, so, so let, me, let me tell you, the, the life of believer, for the life of a believer, our ears are our eyes. We, 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 we don't believe based on what we see. We believe based on what we hear. Our eyes serve as confirmation to the faith that we received by what we heard. Our eyes are the ones that at the end go, that's exactly what I heard in my spirit when he told me that way back when. So let me, let me say this as well. There, there are some people who are going, no, 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 I got stuff in my journal and uh, uh, it has not happened. I've stood on it in faith. I've prayed over it. It has not happened. Well, consider the fact that if you are not the one to see the manifestation of the thing that God spoke to you, then you are the carrier of the thing God spoke to you for someone else to see the manifestation. I bring back to the witness stand Abraham. Abraham who heard by faith that he was going to be given this land. He didn't see it while he was on the earth. But his kids, 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 kids wound up receiving the promise because their great, 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 great grandfather decided to believe by faith and start walking in a direction. Listen, your generational blessing, destiny, and legacy might be tied up in what you believe now for your great-grandchildren later. And we should, be, we, we should be living our life in such a way that we're not going to be selfish enough to go, if I don't get it, I'm not going to walk it out. I don't care if I'm the one to receive it or if I'm the one to carry it. I just want to live my life by faith because who knows, I might have some great, 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 great grandkids that just have a picture of me above their mantle. And they're like, I love that man right there. Oh, my goodness. 
He, by faith, walked out of a generational curse that was on our family seven generations ago, and we have just been living free ever since. There's just integrity in the family. There's a blessing over the family because great, 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 great grandpa, Uncle Tim, decided to live his life in the way that God has called him to live it. So why? Why should we live by faith? Because we have things we need to see. Here's the last one. Please write this down. How do we live by faith? We ask what is biblical faith, and then we need to know why should we, but how do we do it? Anybody besides me, when people talk to you about certain spiritual matters, um, they, they make it seem like it's something everybody should just already grasp. Like, you know what? It's just simple. You know, just get a prayer life. And you're like, but how, though? Just pray. I don't, I don't like any, I like specifics. I like details. I don't like when people talk to me in generalities. Uh, uh, and I also don't like uh, when people prophesy in generalities. Like, when, like if you don't get more specific than God's going to open a door, I quit. Like that's the end of the whole prophetic thing that you need to talk to me about because I'm a literal person. So I'm going to open those doors later. Was that God? I'm going to open the doors when I get in the, in the car. My garage door is going to open later. I'm, my ho- home door is going to open later. So God's going to open a door. Unless you get a, just a tad bit more specific than an open door and a closed door, I'm going to be like, thank you so much. That's like, that's like being in a room with people, like 8,000 people and saying, you know, what? I just feel like somebody here has a headache. There's a one in 8,000 chance that you're going to be right. I I, I want to know, really, how am I supposed to do this? How do I really live by faith? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because I'm going to answer it. So so point number three, please write this down. We live out our belief that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Again, the question, how do we live by faith? Here's the answer. We live out our belief that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Here is what it says in verse number six. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now, uh, this is my favorite thing to talk to people about when they say, well, listen, um, uh, I don't know if God exists. This is why it's called faith. I don't know if I believe. This is why it's called faith. Here's what it, here's what it says. It says by without faith, it's impossible to please him. Here's what it doesn't say. Without trust, it's impossible to please him. God's not giving you a stipulation that's unfair. He's actually giving you something that you can actually do. We put more faith in driving to work than we do in God. It doesn't say without trust it's impossible to please him. That would be an unfair requirement because trust is built over time. So here's what God says. Entry level, here's what I want you to do. Listen, you cannot please me unless you have faith. It's an entry-level requirement. I just want you to simply believe. But I still have doubts. That's the wonderful thing about faith. Faith is not the absence of doubt. 
There's actually no way to have faith without there being a little bit of doubt present. Faith says, uh, uh, I believe, but there's an unknown that I am not comfortable with, but I'm going to believe anyway. God goes, I'm pleased with that. That's entry level. I can work with that. But God, I I really, I'm kind of trying to trust you, but I really don't know you that well. He's like, you're doing just fine. I'll take your entry level faith and I will start a relationship with you based on wherever you can start your faith. Well, I've been hurt by church, and so I, I want to get into community, but, but I don't want to get into crazy. That's fine. Show up, slide in the back, leave. Don't even fill out a com- communication card. Just walk out. Wherever you decide to meet me at the entry level, I will respond and meet you there. He's not giving us an unfair requirement. He's literally saying, without faith, It's going to be impossible for you to please me because this is entry level. Everybody gets to get in on the same level. Then we grow in our faith from there. Now, I have the gift of faith. I've had the gift of faith before I knew where to apply that faith. Before I got saved, I would walk up to any girl by faith and just ask her on a date. The hottest girl in the school, I just walk up, hey, how you doing? My name's Tim. What you doing? And if I got rejected, I'd be like, well, okay then. On to the next. I remember being eight, not, not eight years old. That would be too young. Uh, uh, um, how old was I? I think I was winter formal, so I was probably 12. Okay, so eighth grade. Is eighth grade 12? Or that's sixth grade? Or 13? I homeschool my kids, so please, somebody help me out. Public school. 13? 13 is eighth grade? Okay, roughly. Okay, 13. Thank you so much. Okay, so, so I was 13 years old. Uh, 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 I had a, had a date for the winter formal uh, uh, at 13. Right? How serious is this? And uh, I had nothing to wear. Had nothing to wear. Um, and I came home that day, and I was like, I have nothing to wear. I'm going to get dressed for the winter formal. My, my mother and, uh, and father will confirm this story. Um, I got dressed but I had nothing to wear. So, so what did I have on? I had on a t-shirt and underwear. I'm 13. That mental image is going to live with you forever. So uh, uh, I, 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 I take a shower. Uh, I, I put on a t-shirt. I put on my underwear. And I'm just walking around the house waiting for my mom to get home. I have not talked to my mom. Uh, th- there has been no communication about a winter formal. I just realized I had nothing to wear, but I still got dressed. This is a, oh, this is such a true story. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what happened? My mom came home with a bag from Ross, dressed for less, with a white shirt, black slacks, socks, shoes, and a little bow tie. And she said, while I was driving home, the Holy Spirit told me to stop and buy you something to wear. It was so weird. And so when she walked in the door, I said, thank you very much. And I went and got dressed. I'm 13. I don't even believe in God. But I've always been a person that has has had great faith. Some people call it grit, determination, tenacity to believe. No, no, no. God has already pre-wired you with some incredible faith components. And if you would just line that up with a relationship with him, not with a religionship, 
Nobody's trying to trap you into the snares of religion. We're trying to get you into a relationship with a holy God that loves you and wired you to believe. Everybody on earth believes in something. Satan's assignment is to keep you distracted on believing in stuff that is immaterial. God's assignment, his one assignment, is to get you to believe in the one that made everything material. How do we live by faith? By accepting this incredible gift that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, I I could not uh, dive into a series talking about faith, hyping you up on what you might receive from God, some great things that are going to happen, how much you can succeed. If I didn't give you the foundation of why we believe what we believe. The foundation of our faith is so important because everything that we believe God for has to be based on his will for our life and what he's already revealed about his character. He's a good, good father. And my faith placed in him allows me to receive things based on his will and his character not my plans and my agenda. My kids are learning that right now, 10 years old and eight years old. There's a difference between what they're believing for and what I'm believing them to have. My son wants to have a car when he's 11 and he believes by faith that he could drive by 11. But I have revealed my will and my character to my son that has caused him to change his expectation because your boy is not going to get a car at 11. He will kill himself. Now, I want you to imagine how God responds over some things we have faith for. Literally, he's going, oh, no, you'll kill yourself if you get that now. Your pride will blow up in your face. Your ego would go crazy. Your passion could not be curtailed. And so how about you slow your roll and just let me handle how I give out blessings, favor, peace, love, joy. I'm not promising you that if you live by faith, you will not have test trials, tribulations, or persecution. I'm saying that if you do live by faith, none of those things will matter. By faith, we believe. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.